podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nina Carver Show. And breathe and relax. Just one more to go. The Reds absolutely school school Burnley at Turf Moor. Um, I'm absolutely thrilled. Before we go any further, this show is brought to you in partnership with Liberty Shield, your perfect VPN companion for all your privacy and entertainment needs, where you get a massive, massive 25% off using the coupon code AIPRO2021. Right, guys, now that that's done, and let's talk about the football. I mean, I've got two awesome guests, and I'm quite excited because it's been a while since I've been podding with them, but they have they have been quite busy with Guy Drinkle whilst I've been away. So without further ado, let me introduce them to you. First up, it is an honour to have on Dave Horrocks. Welcome back, Dave. Hey, Nina. It's great to speak to you again. Great to have you back. But Guy did a, a sterling job. But, uh, you know, after a match like that, it's good to talk to my two favourite post-match uh, podcasters. Yeah, Guy Drinkle is an absolute legend. Uh, I just want to go on record and say that. And I just want to give him a massive thank you for stepping in, certainly during Ramadan. It just goes to show levels, doesn't it? Angola Kante, during fasting, ran the most distance against Real Madrid. Meanwhile, I couldn't even host a part. <laughs> Yeah, look at myself in shame. There's levels of faith and belief. And joining Dave, it is his sidekick. And he's awesome and he makes us all laugh. <laughs> he's a bit of a Christmas tree superstar. It's Sam Evans. Welcome to the show. Hi, Nina. Nice to have you back. I was, I was a little bit disappointed in Guy that he didn't actually try and change the logo for the show and put his face on it while you were away. But uh, he, he wasn't quite that bold. But uh yeah, really happy to be back, Nina, and even happier to be back with Liverpool, miraculously sat in fourth place in the table going into the last game. Absolutely, absolutely. Right, guys, now, you know, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about the game, but I think the first thing first is uh, I want to kind of get this, um, uh, you know, the, the reaction now um, to how you're feeling after that, because, of course, we've, you know, things kind of turned in our tide it came into our hands we were absolutely shocked I mean the great thing is it's in Liverpool's hands but you know the flip side to the season that we've had it was also a bit of a curse so you know how how are you like in terms of before the game because obviously I think a lot of people were really really eyeballing the Leicester Chelsea game but it was it's all about goal difference so Dave I'll come to you I mean what are you feeling after that because we've scored three goals kept a clean sheet and as it stands it looks like Leicester have to score six plus goals against Spurs yeah and seeing Spurs tonight I'm not sure we can rely on them for anything but I just it feels great honestly it feels it's more relief than euphoria if I'm honest because yeah. With the whole Allison goal, and by God, I'm. Uh, how many times did I watch that goal? It must be plus fifty easily. And and by by the time the next weekend comes round, I'm sure that I'll have watched it many more times. You know, with like the Titanic music, 
with the Rocky music, all these different variations. It just felt like a pivotal moment for us. It, it was just ridiculous. And, and so coming into this game, you know, from early on this morning, I'm thinking, oh, don't fuck it up now. You know, after, after that, the worst thing would be that that meant nothing. Yeah. And I just want it to mean something. I want it to remain that pivotal moment because it was just... It was insane, and uh, Burnley, they're a gnarly little horrible fucking side, horrible fucking fans, and, uh, you know, I just just wanted to get through this game, and so I was really quite nervous for most of the day, nervous for most of the first half, Um, you know, and probably only started to settle down when the second goal went in, so... Yeah, I'm delighted. I can't believe it from, you know, what seems like a few weeks ago. Thinking, yeah, that's that's fourth place gone. I, I think it was probably after the Newcastle game. You know, we just conceded a late equaliser to Leeds, conceded a late one uh, to Newcastle, despite, you know, being let off the hook, uh, it seemed, but, you know, conceded another one. I just thought, that's it, fourth's gone. And it was inconceivable that we would you know be able be able to overtopple either Leicester or Chelsea and we had West Ham looking dangerous there as well it's like well all three can't fuck up but we've been on a, an amazing run you know it's kind of gone a little bit under the radar because you know obviously where we've fallen from but we've been in some decent form and uh so yeah I'm really delighted but probably the overriding emotion is still relief to be honest yeah, um, I, I, I shared those um, sentiments right there. It is relief. You're just kind of breathing, trying to get some air because I think Sam, uh, Dave's hit the nail on the head. It has not been a vintage season. There's been a lack of consistency. There's been a lot of stop and starts. There's been a lot of injuries. It's been a bit of a cluster fuck of a season, let's be honest. And, you know, the last time all three were genuinely, genuinely excited and psyched was the 7-0 against Crystal Palace. <laughs> the next game is Crystal Palace. We'll have to see about that one. But how did you feel about that? Because it is just a case of just getting it over the line now. You know, it's just about just getting that top four. I don't even care about Mo Salah winning the golden boot. I mean, be nice if he wins it. But I think top four is like the most crucial thing. Yeah, of course. Um, sound like Steven Gerrard there. Yeah, of course. Um <laughs> <laughs> I can't do the accent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, absolutely vital. And, and the same as you guys, I thought it was gone. Um, even though I did say previously that we, we do tend to finish strongly under Klopp, it really didn't look like we had it in us when it was, what, February, even mid-March. We looked completely dead and buried in the race for top four. And we've gone on a run now of 23 points out of the last 27. So it was a seven wins in nine and two draws. It's an incredible run considering the fact that we, in all, you know, in all honesty, have two, diff- two centre-backs playing most games who are not experienced enough or not good enough, you know, to play at this club. But they have... Worked their bollocks off. To be fair to you know Phillips and Reese Williams, yet again today worked their asses off. We could see the problems very early on today. They they both gave the ball away once each in just over the first minute of the game, and I thought, here we go, 
it's going to be one of those games. But to be fair to the Reds, I couldn't have asked for a better scoreline today. I was really nervous going into the game today. I was expecting a one-goal victory at best. So to come away with a clean sheet, despite being slightly nervy at times there today, and that three-goal cushion, which really does take a little bit of the pressure off on the last day, we couldn't have asked for more. No, we absolutely couldn't. We absolutely couldn't. And I, again, I, I share that belief as well. I was slowly, slowly removing myself and detaching myself from a Champions League. And I was just like, this season's bad. This isn't our current reality. It's a bad season. We, we might play Europa, unfortunately. Um, I'd rather finish 10th, if I'm honest, if that's the case. But it is what it is. But it's not a, a case of us being bad. It's just been a really bad season. Guys, let's talk about some of our players then. And I think it's only right and fitting. And... Uh, some kind of, um, uh, you know, set the tone there. Let's talk about our, our centre-backs. And Dave, I will come to you first because, I mean, Nat Phillips won man of the match. You know, he got a header, which is, uh, he scored, it's unlikely goal scorers. Um, I'm, I'm here for it. Um, I think a lot of people are predicting that we only need Nat Phillips to score a winner to secure his Champions League football or whatever, but it's come a bit early. Um, Talk to me about the defence because, you know, they're not ideal. They're not our first choice. We know this. We know they're a little slow. But, you know, given the fact that, you know, they, they had... A, for me, their most mammoth task quite recently was probably against Man United. You know, uh, that front three and uh, Cavani, who's in, like, you know, some deadly, deadly form. And, you know, Nat Phillips tonight, uh, you know, two... I think it was two clearances off the line with that head. Mm. There was one, wasn't there, where it was right on the line. It, it was kind of... It was one. It looked to be a little yeah. bit of the ball over, but, you know, the, the the whole ball definitely wasn't anywhere close to. But, yeah, I, I, I thought Phillips started off... In fact, both of them looked really shaky at the start. I agree. You know, I was kind of nervous going into the United match because you, you're kind of thinking that pace, you know, and they, they can destroy teams when they're in the mood. But tonight was a very different proposition, wasn't it? You know, Burnley are such a bloody physical side. They're going to rough you up a bit as well. And these are two young lads. I, I say young. I, I mean, Phillips is you know, a couple of years older than Trent, isn't he? And it's easy to forget how young Trent is. But, yeah, there was a moment in the first half when the ball was played back to Phillips and, and he just went to law. He just went to put his left foot through it and the ball just trickled past the Burnley player <laughs> and just thought, what? He's lost his head completely. But uh, fortunately, that, that was his worst moment of the match and he went on from there. I think the boys have done absolutely brilliant. I, I'm not convinced um, with Reese Williams at all, to be honest. I, I, I just... I don't know if it's one of those where he just needs to probably go out on loan or something, but I, he doesn't look to have much pace. I think he, he'll he do well for someone. Um, whereas Phillips, I, I think I think he's actually convinced me he's, he's a viable option. You know, people he's a bit like Peter Crouch in that he doesn't pass the eye test. You know, he looks a bit awkward on the ball and stuff, but... Uh, no, I, th I think he's just done brilliantly since he's come in. And you look at that team selection there, and apart from the two centre-backs, you're thinking that's that's about as strong as we get. You know, it's our preferred front three. 
midfield strong. We've got our regular full-backs. We've got our uh, keeper, obviously, at the back. So it's only the centre-backs. But I'm so glad that we've just learned that lesson, not to press the emergency button and send Fabinho to centre-back. So the fact that we've got an option... Um, Although, you know, not fantastic, he does actually, Klopp is actually trusting these youngsters. And so, yeah, I, th- I think uh, quite happy with what they've done. Obviously, I'd be a lot more uh, or a lot less nervous uh, watching the matches with someone a bit more experienced than uh, than these two. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like a really attack-minded side, was it, um, Sam, in terms of Burnley? You know, they don't have the best home run as well. And, you know, what are your thoughts on, on the defence today? Because for me, they did look really nervy. I think he's hit the nail on the head there, Dave. They did look a little nervy. I also feel like the way we were playing as well, I felt like we were kind of sat on top of the goalkeeper for the first 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, despite the narrative on Sky trying to really big up that Burnley performance in the first half, every single thing that they seem to do that that causes problems was from individual errors from our team, to be honest. Mm. And we we did look very nervous in that first half, but we we could have been two or three, maybe more up in the first half. The amount of chances where we couldn't even hit, we couldn't take a single shot on target at this goalie. And that's exactly what I said before this game today. Right, Nick Pope was a great shot stopper, is missing. We don't know much about this you know, reserve goalie coming in, get shots on target at him and see what happens. And we would just, every single time we got through on goal, Mane missed a really good chance. Salah, Salah missed a really good chance. Um, I think Bobby, did he have a chance as well? There was a few. Um, oh, that was it, Thiago. There was some lovely Lynn to play with Thiago. Lovely one too. Also missed the target. You know, we, we did tear them to shreds at times in the first half, even though we, we did look nervous. And I think a lot of that was to do with Reese Williams and Nat Phillips kind of settling into the game. Apart from that, we really did control that first half. And I, I think the narrative on Sky was very much the opposite and, and making it look like we were lucky to get away with one. But it was, you know, individual errors that created their big chances, like Reese Williams ducking out of a header and Chris Wood being clean through, um, just simple giving the ball away and things like that. So, And, and we, we know this is going to happen. I think this is a decision that Klopp has finally made. In hindsight, Klopp will obviously now think he made a mistake by putting Fabinho and Henderson back in defence. He should have just stuck with the midfielders in the correct positions and just taken the, the hit that is having to play the substandard centre-backs at the back. Because what it's done is, you know, we're, yes, we're weak at the back, but it means that we can really control games and we can really try and create as many chances as possible. And we'll be confident then that we can outscore the opposition. Uh, I think it's over 3xG again today. I think it was just shy of one for Burnley. You know, it was a comfortable victory in the end. Uh, I just think a lot of the narrative on on telly made it look like it was a lot closer than it actually was today. Yeah, a lot of long balls, you know, and like you said, individual errors just kind of, um, you know, added some gold and spark and dust to to their performance. Let's move on to the midfield. And um, Sam, I'll, I'll stick with you. Midfield combo of Ginny, Thiago, who's looking so, so good. And uh, Fabinho, what did, you, what did you make of that midfield trio? I mean, for me, Ginny needs a rest. 
Yeah, I think Fabinho does as well, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, and, uh, two games now where he's looked a bit... Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, you know, to be honest, Cheney got a rest last game, didn't he? He only came on for the last 10-15, was it? Mm. Um, so he, he got his rest in, um, in the last game and... He's coming today. You know, he, he he was good. You know, he, he was fine. He's he's done what Genie does a lot of the time, which is be available to start, which is a lot more to say. Uh, you can say a lot more about that than most of our other midfielders in the whole squad. You know, the amount of injuries we've had in this squad, it's players like Wijnaldum being so consistently available that has dragged us through this season. So... You know, it looks like he's going at the end of the season. I'm going to miss him. I think he's an underrated footballer. We need to be signing someone similarly bulletproof when it comes to fitness if he is going to be going now, which seems a, a dead cert. So um, I think he's been great for us today. Did a decent enough job. I don't think he did much wrong, to be honest. He just kept things ticking over and let the, the front guys do the job then. Um, Fabinho, as I said, he, a bit ropey at times, doing things which he never tends to do. Still very important for us. Still made some really big tackles and, and clearances and interceptions and just kept things ticking over. But he, he's not quite 100% at the moment. But as you said, Thiago, yet again, the maestro on the field. Um, he has been, in my opinion, our most important player in this last nine games, this this run where we finally kind of got a little bit of our mojo back, I just think it's it's great to see him having a nice little run in the side after having such a tough start to his Liverpool career. With that, was it nearly three months injury when Richarlison bent his leg the wrong way? He had COVID, new club, never got to play in front of the fans, just loads of problems. And to be fair to him, he's shown his class over time and. We touched on this last time I was on. I'm really, really excited to see Thiago next season when we've got our full quarter back and maybe we'll bring in a few reinforcements as well to really strengthen this squad. Um, we, we've got a really exciting player there and just because he's... Is he creeping up to 30 or has he had his 30th birthday now? There's a lot more in the tank for that player. Yeah, I think what I kind of love about him, Dave, is the fact that he just completely, completely has this vision of playing the perfect pass. And, you know, and that's how he kind of controls the game. You know, he can he can take the sting out of the game just by a pass. And, you know, I saw that time and time again against West Brom. Uh, we saw it again tonight. And like Sam's alluded to there, he has been w- one of our key players if not one of the key players in this, you know, crucial part of the season. I mean, talk to me about the midfield trio because, you know, for me, um, I'm I'm very, very intrigued now where we go next season. You know, there's been lots. I mean, it's that time where we talk about transfers. It looks like Ginny's off and, you know, he's he's going to be a massive miss because not only, you know, it's the availability of the player, the fact that he's hardly ever injured and, you know, People can, you know, scoff and laugh at him all they want. I mean, I don't think he had, like, the best game today. But I, for me, a lot of these players are really, really tired. I take that into consideration. You know, same with Fabinho. It doesn't mean they're bad players. They just look really, really tired. We're tired as podcasters. Imagine what these guys are feeling. But <laughs> I feel like next season, what is, you know, like, who is going to be our preferred midfield? I think Thiago walks into it. I think Fabinho walks into it. It's going to be very interesting, you know, what's happening with Naby. 
you know, Jordan Henderson, what are we going to do? Are we going to buy another midfielder? Are we going to replace Ginny? You know, these are genuine, genuine questions now. Yeah, and I think a little bit how I'd sort of given up on fourth, but there was this tiny little bit of light that I thought, no, it's it's us. You know, how many times over the years have we just pulled it out of the fire when you don't expect us to? Probably more than any club, you know, from... from uh, looking like we're not going to do anything, and then suddenly we do something. I'm still, I've still got a tiny bit of hope that Genie's going to stay, even though I know I'm slightly deluded with it. For me, when we're playing well, Genie stands out. He's almost like the glue for the team for me. So he's not going to drag us up. You know, when the whole team's not playing well. He's not going to drag us up and grab the game by the scruff of the neck. But when we're playing well, he just keeps things ticking over. He's so strong. He's so good with his feet. He's got great balance. He is going to be a massive, massive miss, I think. And I think it's a little bit kind of underappreciated how much we are going to miss him. How much we're going to miss someone who is there week in, week out and can keep the ball moving and, and is as good as he is. So I, I don't know. I, it's going to cost us a lot of money if we're going to replace him like for like. Um, and I just hope that the scouting department generally has done pretty well. A little bit questionable this last year. I think, you know, Simicast still yet to convince me. But yeah, I, I just hope um, if we do replace Ginny, I... I I do hope we we get an upgrade, um, but that is going to cost some money. Or you know, I think in terms of uh, Tiago, he's been absolutely awesome, hasn't he? He's just been um, the player we thought we hoped we'd get when he when he came in. I know we were expecting him to just basically help us blow away the league. That's not quite worked out for many many reasons, but um, no, he. he He's got this swagger, hasn't he, when he's on top of it. And um, it's not just his passing, this through-the-eye-of-a-needle type passing. It's the way he tricks players with just his body shape. You know, you can see he looks like he's going to go one way and then just finds an angle that no one else can. And he's just so goddamn tenacious as well. I think when he was a little bit off fitness, he was trying a bit too hard. And that's when we saw some of the Paul Scholes like tackling, uh, which, you know, always looked like he was on the verge of getting sent off. You know what, though? That was Klopp's fault for playing him out of position. Yeah. Yeah. But I, th- I think Klopp was playing him out of position, but I think there's the pressure, you know, when you have these proper winners, they, mm. they, you know, they, if things aren't going well, they take it upon themselves. And so I think, Part of it was being played out of position. Part of it was the pressure he was putting under himself as well to make him do things that he's not, yeah. you know, totally comfortable with. So, but he's he's purring now, isn't he? He's just looking so good. And I just, I like I said, I just want us to get to the summer, have a break, have a good rest, come back, re-energized, and see Tiago basically pinging passes everywhere, orchestrating things from the middle. Um, and having those, you know, full energized legs running around him. I mean, and just to finish off, Fabinho, 
God damn it. In that first half, I thought he was about as bad as I've ever seen him play, to be honest. Fulham got pushed off a ball, and I was like, this can't be right. It was weird, wasn't it? It Yeah, I was like, you don't bully Fab. Nobody bullies Fab. No, I mean, quite often when, when he's on it, and again, he's full of energy, it looks like a dad playing with you know a bunch of kids he, yeah. he just brushes people off the ball and there's no way that anyone's going to muscle him off but he just looked kind of off it he looked off balance quite a few times and that's that's why he got kind of out muscled so yeah he did get better but certainly in that first 20 minutes of the first half he, he did look really off it and I, I sort of I, I know again I'm not going with the sky narrative that we we got away with it because they were just trying to hit us on the break but mm-hmm. we just looked really really sloppy and looked like we were trying to not trying to lose it but we were just really really nervous about you know we couldn't fuck this one up um and, and so yeah I I thought fab again that was as about as bad as I've seen him play for a while but yeah. it, that doesn't come very often so again it, it'll just get better from that but I think he could probably do with a bit of a rest as well, I think. Yeah, um, absolutely. And Lebo's just come in and said they all look really exhausted. I couldn't agree yeah. more. And a fab on a bad day is still better than the average defensive midfielder that we've had in the last decade. You know, <laughs> I'd take a bad fab over what we've He's, had to deal with over a decade. Yeah, Paulson. Uh... Oh, gosh. <laughs> Lucas Leva. <laughs> you know, you know, bad, bad times. Right. Um Sam, I will come to you. Talk to me about the front three and then we'll kind of discuss the goals and things. So, you know, let's talk about the front three because it, it really is a case of, you know, I keep seeing tweets like who space jammed Sadio Mane and, you know, Bobby Firmino has just looked so, so tired for, you know, almost over a season now. Uh, you know, if it weren't for Mosala's goals, I don't think we are where we are right now. Um but talk to me about the front three, because for me, what, again, something that I notice a lot, and I do watch a lot of Roberto Firmino, because I am always intrigued by his movement, because he's he's a player that you can't compare to anyone. And, you know, for me, um, he got sucked into, you know, playing deep again today. Yeah, uh, the front three, it's been a strange season for the front three, Um it's clear that Salah has more than kept up his end of the bargain and, and has almost carried the workload for the, the rest of the front three when it comes to goals. Um, Mane has had a tough old season this season and you can see the confidence. And I just think him more than anyone in this entire squad is absolutely shattered. I think he's played something ridiculous like four seasons without a proper break. He's just always he's always doing something. So I think he's someone that really, really needs the break, much like us as fans. Like, I don't know if you guys felt the same today. When I was going into the game today, I just turned to my brother and I was like, you know what, I just can't wait for this season to be over. I'm, I'm bloody yeah. Yeah. mentally exhausted by we it We actually all. had this conversation before you came uh, on the pod. Yeah, honestly, I went into, and I don't know whether it's because I had my COVID jab yesterday, so I am a bit knackered today. <laughs> so it might be that, I don't know. But I, I genuinely was going into it today going, guys, I cannot deal with another 94th minute 
Well, if it, I was like, if it's a win, I'll take it. Don't get me wrong, but I, my heart, my body, everything, my brain just couldn't take another battle today. So I couldn't be more grateful for yeah. a three three nil comfortable victory today. Hallelujah! I'm so happy. But um, yeah, I've gone off track a bit there. With regards to the front three, Salah again today. You know, worked tirelessly, showed some lovely touches again. When it came to the crunch, didn't quite have his finishing boots on today, but you know, again, did a lot of good work for the team today. I think that there are shoots of improvement from Firmino. You know, he was the first guy to actually think, do you know what? What's a good idea after seven shots? Oh, first seven shots, I think it was, all going off target. Uh, Firmino thought, tell you what, I might just try hitting it straight at this goalie who hasn't had to make a save yet and see what happens. And the ball just went in, you know, and I, I'm desperate for Klopp to just ha- give them all a bollock in. I think he, he must have said this exact thing to Oxley chamberlain and just say, kick the bastard ball on the ground because everyone seems to be leaning back when they're going in for the shots. And I know it's not simple. Um, it's obviously not easy because players wouldn't do it so often if it was easy. But bloody hell, our finishing has been absolutely atrocious at times this season, hasn't it? So... Um, yes, and, and Mane, bloody hell. I don't know how you guys feel. I don't know if I'm being harsh. His contribution for Phillips's goal was fantastic, right? But yeah. apart from that, I thought... And, and, his pressing, and his pressing for the Marcella goal against West Brom, because that was a nothing situation. Yeah, yeah, but the thing but is... But yeah, I know what you mean. What, what Sadio he, Mane does, oh my God, you know, the, the classic Sadio Mane that we're used to... I think it's not even a case of physical exhaustion. You know, the way he's playing football, he looks mentally exhausted. Yeah, yeah well, I touched on this last time as well. There was, there was a moment where, uh, so it was game before last, the games have come so thick and fast, I'm, I'm struggling to keep Man United, track. Man United. Uh, yeah, so it was, it was Man United game, and he, Mane didn't track a run at all. He basically was walking, and he let Manu get up the field quite comfortably. That happened a couple of times today again, right? And... I don't know whether it was exhaustion or whether he was told to keep his position up, but it, to me, it just looked like a guy who was dead on his feet. But we, we didn't really have too many options again on the bench today. Uh, so I don't know whether after his little pout against Man United, the, the Klopp's given him the minutes now and decided, I won't sub him, we'll, we'll keep him happy. But, you know, he, his performances are good for most Premier League players. But this is Sadio Mane we're talking about, who has been an incredible footballer, one of our greatest ever attacking players, in my opinion. He's been yeah. incredible for this club. So I don't want to sound critical because I love the guy. He's one of my favourite ever players. But you can see he is one that is desperate, I think, for this season to end as well. I think he'll be absolutely energised next season to have the fans back to have the players back and have, having had a rest. So let's just hope now, guys, that we we get the job done against Crystal Palace now. We, we've done the hardest part, but getting it over, over the line sometimes can be the hardest part. So um, if we can do that, I, I really think this club will be re-energised and, and we'll be buzzing, absolutely buzzing to go next season. And you never know. 
with with signings like Van Dijk and Alisson being quite a while ago now, I think that the installments on those on our clan uh, payments on uh, those players will have probably been paid off by now, and we we might just be making a couple of signings then. Absolutely, and Dave, I'm going to come to you uh, because you, you know, like you forget things, and Sam just kind of triggered something and highlighted something. Third choice keeper for Burnley. And the fact that we didn't really test him and we were shooting like we have iron deficiency. I was sat there thinking, what on earth is going on here? Like, test the goalkeeper, test the goalkeeper, test him. Let's, you know, make him look nervous. Because what I found was, get him on the get-go. As soon as you kick off, just start attacking his goal. You know, just go there with full, full aggression. Make him you know, nervy and I thought the longer he stays between the sticks and no one challenges him or no one no one shoots at him, he's gonna get more and more comfortable. His confidence is gonna grow. I mean, obviously that didn't happen because the first shot on target, I think he kinda of, it kind of hits his leg and goes in anyway, a bit quite horrific from the goalkeeper if I'm honest. But as a whole, I was deeply, deeply frustrated that that trio didn't do what I would have expected them to do. Some great defending from Burnley as well, by the way. You know, like some, you know, like by great defending, I mean like last ditch tackles. You know, like what vintage Burnley, basically. <laughs> yeah, I I agree, but I, I think we've been doing that for a while, haven't we? In terms of wasting chances. Yes. I found up until that first goal went in, I found it hugely frustrating. Um, there was a, a moment where Mane backheeled to Bobby. And yes. he just screwed it wide like you'd see on a Sunday league pitch or something like that. You know, it's just like as soon as we got into the final third, we just completely lost our heads and, and we wasted so many chances. And our problems this season, and I keep doing it myself, I keep thinking about the centre-back positions being the main problem, but the amount of chances we've just wasted um I, I don't know what it is and, and it can only be a mental fatigue thing because these are the same players you know they haven't got worse but they're just playing worse so yeah i i thought it was pretty terrible i thought you know, somebody that... um sorry to cut you in there dave yeah. but um i had a conversation with somebody and you know about you know Klopp's tenure and Klopp's management and you know people because it is such a high demanding kind of He's a high demanding coach, isn't he? Let's let's be honest. You know, he he expects a lot from you. Lots of running, you know, elite fitness. You know, there's a certain type of player that makes it for Jurgen Klopp. And, you know, this is why these guys have excelled. However, and I've said this on podcasts as well, you know, b- brace yourself. Um, he does tend to break players and they do get injured or, you know, things do mm. happen because a lot is required. And which is why I think because these guys have been playing together for the best part for three, four years now, right? And that is why Diego Diogo Jota's um, inclusion to this team has been like, I don't know, kind of re-energizing in terms of the attack because it's a brand new player, fresh, and also a brand new player buying into the Jurgen Klopp philosophy. Mm. I think it could be. I, I look at it, or up until you said that, and I need to digest that, but... I've been looking at it a slightly different way. There was a moment in the second half when Mane, I thought, got fouled. I thought the player actually clipped him and he 
he felt the contact, he went down. Would it knock you 100%. down? You, yeah, would it knock you down if you were uh, actually trying to stay on your feet? No, it wouldn't. But this is Premier League football, and every single player will go down if they feel that contact. The commentators say absolutely fuck all. The Burnley fans are right on to Sadio Mane and booing him every time he gets the ball as if he's dived. <laughs> I just feel like Mane has got this... He's got this aura of being a bit of a diver, and we know he's a bit crap at diving. And so a lot of the times, I feel like he he can rightly feel hard done to because he's manhandled, he doesn't get any decisions or whatever. I think that's up in his head, quite honestly. And, you know, I, I remember going back to the... I Everton think he game. kind of got a little bit painted dirty after what happened with Edison a few seasons ago, you know, when he got sent off. Yeah, but it was ridiculous, wasn't it? Because yeah. he, he wasn't looking at Edison. He was looking yeah. at the ball. Of course he should go for it. Of course he should. But um, you're right. I mean, it could go back to that. I don't know what it is, but people have kind of mentally got him compartmentalised as this, you know, he's a bit of a diver, maybe a bit of a dirty player, and he just doesn't seem to get any protection or anything. And I think he's just... It is up in his head, and he, he's a bit fucked off with it. And so... Again, I think that's why he just needs to detach, just needs to sit on the beach for a bit and and get away from it. But I I must admit, you know, particularly for Mane tonight, I was thinking, you know, he he can feel a little bit hard done by in terms of the referees and, you know, just the commentators who who don't give him a break either. Yeah, I'd echo that and I'd agree with that. He doesn't get anything. And I think he's been fouled quite a bit this season, to be fair. You know, we always talk about the Marcelar fouls and, you know, that's a penalty, that's a penalty. But, you know, he gets manhandled a fair bit as well. Um, I do agree with you. It's going to be very interesting to see, um, you know, how these guys sort of recuperate next season. You know, one more game now. Let's see if they all get their shooting boots on. Guys, let's talk about the goals now. And uh, Dave, I'll stick with you. Uh, Roberto Firmino, um, an assist from Robbo. Gosh, you know, (laughs) last season they were a joy and they were coming from both ends. But... That's been quite a while since then. Um, I, I don't know when was the last time uh, Robbo got an assist, to be honest. That's how long it's been. But, you know, another player that looks really tired and, you know, you shouldn't give him criticism. Uh, you know, I feel like this is like copy and paste for all the players. He's he's not had a rest at all. But, you know, like you said, Roberto Firmino, just um, let, me, let me try something at this goalkeeper and scores. And I think for me, more than anything, I was happy for the player. And it was not only relief for the player, but it was relief for us. And you can't say he's not been scoring because he got two against Man United. You know, like, it's there. He's there. Yeah, I'm, when, when we look back on the season, I, I'm expecting more from Bobby. Uh, and mm. again, I'm hoping this yeah. season is a bit of a blip. Not, not just in terms of goals. Because when, you know, re- remember the time when it didn't matter, one of the th- front three would be brilliant in, a, in yes. any given game. Uh, you know, and you didn't know which one it was going to be. And this year, it has to be Salah, and it's always Salah. And occasionally you've had Mane and Bobby chip in. And so I, I think we need more from Bobby. But again, you know, been playing a lot of football. The goal was class. Um, you know, really nice uh, ball in from Robertson. Again, he's not had as many assists, but I don't... I feel like the media has painted him to be playing a, a lot worse than he has been doing. 
he's still I, I have no idea how he keeps going. He is a proper energizer bunny. And he does look tired, but he's still for me, he still always puts in a seven out of ten. And you know, if I think uh, let me think now. Thirty five, forty years of watching Liverpool. I can't think of a better left back. And even when he looks knackered now, I, I, I saw a mate, uh, as we were recording, a mate text me that Mika Richards has been saying, oh, some people question that Andy Robertson, you know, isn't good defensively. Who? Who fucking questions that? Because he's fucking brilliant defensively as well. Just because he's fucking motoring up the left side uh, and offers us a really good attacking option as well. I can't remember, you know, very, very occasionally he'll have an average game and a winger will get the better of him. But that's very rare for me. So, yeah, delighted he got got the assist because he hasn't been getting as many uh, of late. And uh, it it was a difficult ball uh, for Bobby. You know, I think the ball at uh, the Mane back heel, I thought that was an easier chance. He saw it. You know, he he was looking, his body shape was towards the ball. So I thought he, he could have made a good connection and just ended up, you know, screwing it wide. So this one was more difficult where he's he's had to open up his body. But he just makes a nice connection, keeps it low. I do think, quite honestly, all three goals tonight, I think a top, top keeper would save them. So it... it I think for me it reinforces. So we're glad. So we're glad it was a third choice keeper. Yeah, fuck him. I, I'll I'll take it at this point. I'll take it. But um, yeah, I I, th- I just think we needed to make the keeper work more. Um, we seemed to get in these positions, then we were overthinking it. Remember how Arsenal used to do? They were always trying to get the perfect goal and whatever. I don't think we're trying to get the perfect goal, but I just think we we seem less cutthroat than we have been over the last few years. We we just seem to be full of doubt, and you know it's just creep creeped into our game. There's only really Mo who will be prepared to pull the trigger. Uh, everyone else is like, oh. It's, the angle's not quite on. So, yeah, again, it, when that first goal went in, though, massive, massive relief. So, so happy. Absolutely. Adam Petrucciani there with Robbo has 30 Premier League assists in three seasons. Those are crazy numbers. They are absolutely, yeah. you know, absolutely crazy. Um, I'll come to you, Sam. First goal, relief. Talk to me about, first of all, how you felt after that. And, uh, you know, I can't remember what minute we scored, to be fair. Yeah, there's massive, massive relief when we finally got the goal. I think it was pushing the 40th minute, I think, roughly. I haven't got it in front of me. Um, 43. 43, is it? Yeah. Yeah, so we... We've had that recently against Man United. We scored either side of half time, and we've done it again today. And that is huge psychologically when it comes to football. You give the opposition a kick in the bollocks just before they come in to half time and have the sit down, and then they get motivated by their coach, come back out, and then give them another kick in the bollocks to just. <laughs> put them back on their asses yet again. It's it's perfect timing from the Reds to score either side of half time, uh, like we did again. And yes, when that goal went in, I was just uh, as we touched on earlier, so bloody relieved that someone's just ch- tested the goalkeeper. Cause it, it all those chances we had, 
it was incredible, really. As you said, it was that one for Bobby where he kind of scuffed it and didn't get a proper contact. There was um, one Bradley for Sam. Manis, yeah. There was Mane, yeah, really good chance. There was Thiago. Mane's one was, what, three minutes in, if that? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's, he's hit it wide somehow. Um, yeah, Salah... Made an, he took an amazing touch. I can't remember whose ball over the top it was, and he flicked it on for himself. And he was going to the left hand side of the goal, and I think it was Ben Mee covering, and he, the ball just wouldn't quite settle for him to hit it. For, uh, and then he just ended up scooping it over the bar because he ran out of time. Now yeah. that was a really good chance as well, but I think that was more to do with he couldn't quite get it under control. You know, four. Very good chances there, and we didn't hit the target. You know, even even get it on target once. So yeah, it was just such a bloody relief that someone shot at the goalie, and so we could actually test what he's made of. And it turns out that he's made of quavers, so it just went straight through him and into the back of the net. And it is incredible, really, isn't it, guys? Today that we have ended up with only three shots on target and scored all three when we've had more than 20 shots today. So um, a very weird, quirky game in that sense where we were very poor finishing, but also very good finishing in the fact that everyone that was on target went in. But um, I saw a little um, stat by Andrew Beasley earlier. He was saying uh, the last time that an opposition goalie didn't make a single... um, what to say? When was the last time an LFC opposition goalkeeper conceded all three shots on target? And Andrew Beasley said the last Premier League game where the opposition goalkeeper didn't make a save was Liverpool 5, Everton 2. And I happened to be at that game, actually, when um, <laughs> when we ended up having Origi and um, Shaqiri start in the game and we t- tore them to shreds. So, yeah, it's been a little while since we've had that quirk. Nice little stat there. I do appreciate you giving some, you know, giving under pressure a run for its money with some numbers there, Sam. This is why we have you on the pod. Yeah, just that's all you need to do is follow Andrew Beasley and then you'll have stats every game. I think that's... No, uh... just let you come on the pod and tell him, make some lazy. Let you do all the running around, you know, the world's laziest horse there. I think for me as well, what kind of... What I liked about the goal more than anything was the fact that there was a spell where we had a few individual errors. Burnley were trying, you know, they had a few shots on our goal. Well, attempts, not shots on our goal. You know, they they tried to threaten. And usually in those circumstances from the games that I've seen, you know, we went behind to, to Man United quite recently. We went behind to um, West Brom, you know, and then we've had to come back and claw it back. So I like the fact that we kind of uh, pushed that pressure to a side. And we actually, you know, put the first blow of many. And I like that. I like the fact that that was a very different approach to Liverpool. So, you know, I took that as a positive and it was a big relief that a few, you know, their chances or, you know, the individual errors were not costly because, you know, this, like Klopp said, this was our semi-final. Dave, I will come to the second goal. I'll come to you with this one. Uh, talk to me about that one because, oh my God, Liverpool and unlikely goal scorers. You know, we had Alisson. We were joking that, you know, Nat Phillips is going to do something. Sadio Mane with the assist. Nat Phillips with his header. You know, Nat school art of defending and attacking is all with his head. Uh, talk, talk to me about that one because 
I think it was kind of nice because, you know, we, we forget that a few weeks ago, well, well, not a few weeks ago, you know, only just a week ago, you know, he scored an own goal, people were looking at him and then he, you know, he, he produces um, an assist. He does, you know, he does some things. Um, so talk to me about today and, you know, that goal for him. Um, I'm, I'm just loving, I'm, I'm just here for the entertainment. Yeah, he does remind me, you, you won't remember, there was a player called Eric Meyer who, uh, he was a striker, he came and uh, didn't score any goals. He called him Mad Eric and he, he just put his heart and soul into the game, but he was just rubbish. And, uh, you know, the fans just took to him just because yeah. he, he just like, threw himself into everything. You couldn't help but Coach just Hill. warm to him. And uh, Nat Phillips has got a bit of that same cult following. A friend of mine has just texted me. Someone's tweeted, uh, breaking, Nat Phillips has just headed Jeff Shreves away following his post-match interview on Sky. And, and it's just... The, and the amount of memes and stuff that Nat Phillips generates. Look, we don't think he's this great f- football player. And, and I think some people get a bit wound up. It's like, oh, he's, he's not a long-term solution. Yet we know that. But he's just great entertainment while we're on this crazy ride of a season. I I think I mentioned at the top, I, I've watched Allison's goal 50-plus times since uh, since the weekend. And... The thing that I notice from certain angles is Nat Phillips almost seems to get to the ball, and most of the time he does that in the opposition box. He just headers right over. He's got that 50p head that Matip has. Um, but it was so, so good to see him score that goal. But also, I thought it was great because Mane, like I say, I was really taking offence to how he was getting treated and booed and stuff uh, You know, after being properly fouled and getting nothing. Um, you know, it, it was a great move down the left. And and again, he just showed a bit of what he's all about. But when it comes to Phillips, I'm sort of thinking, yeah, he's, he's not going to do anything there. But it, it, it hits the back of the net. And it's, it was such a good feeling. And, and like I say, or like you say, he's a bit of a cult hero anyway, isn't he? And so, yeah, it was, it was a good, good, solid header. Again, I'm thinking if Pope is in the goals there, he, he saves that one. You know what, Sam? Uh, every time you watch back that Alisson goal, you see that Phillips creeping up behind him and people think, thank God he missed that. Thank God he missed that and Alisson beat him to it. But today, it was, it was not Phillips. I mean, I'm sure Alisson was rating that header. You know, like, I'll give it a solid, you know, 6 out of 10 or whatever. Uh, talk to me about uh, that goal because... For me, the most ideal times are to kind of score just before half time and um, just kind of after it. First of all, Dave saying he's only watched that goal 50 times. Um, to quote Matthew McConaughey in Wolf of Wall Street, uh, you got to bump up those numbers, mate. Those are rookie numbers. <laughs> uh, honestly, I, I've watched that goal a ridiculous amount of times. In slow motion, in reverse, I think upside down, different music, everything. I just can't languages get get enough of it. There, there was one brilliant which, which angle. Which one's where, your favourite though? Which which, which angle? Oh, I, I I don't. You know, I've had a tit full of all the Titanic and all that shit. You know, it's <laughs> it's been done to death for me. So um, you know, I the, think the, I think the Brazilian. The 
Yeah, but the, the one I liked was um, like Liverpool did something every single angle and it was like a five-minute video with every single angle of the goal. And I think it repeated about 30 times in that one clip. And there's one of them which is slow motion and it's really close up and you get to see the emotion on the players' faces and you've just got to see how much it meant, especially, obviously, to Alisson, but Thiago... And Salah, they are fired up, you know, and their faces when that goal went in, they were just absolutely buzzing for the guy. So um, it's been, it, that was an unbelievable moment for us and it was so, so, so nice to see. But today now, as you said, Dave, we, we know Nat Phillips has got big problems. He's, he's never going to be good enough for, to play for Liverpool long term. But this has been a crisis season for Liverpool. Um, it's not Phillips's fault that we're having to play. I haven't done the maths on it. What, what's he like? The seventh choice centre back or something ridiculous mm. that we're we're playing? It's not his fault. You know, he has come yeah. in and been played, mm-hmm. and he works his bollocks off. And against teams like Burnley, especially where Wood is an absolute handful, and I think you know, he's a good he's a good footballer. He's got he's a better footballer than people give him credit for. I know he's a grok, but he he is really tough to deal with, and but that's the kind of footballer that Nat Phillips thrives against in the fact that he's very good aerially. So one thing we said you the other day: what a grok is? What's a grok? Have you have you not heard that phrase before? No, because see, this is a very, very diverse pod. We have people from all yeah. corners of the world, so come on, educate us. Well, I think I think Scousers use the phrase grok, because it's not my local thing either, but it's uh, basically a big old lump. Um, so just a big upfront centre-forward, oh, okay, no got nonsense. Word for that. We, we say trog, I say trog, you big trog. trog. Or br- yeah. brick, shit, brick shit house or something is what you'd say around yeah. my way, maybe. But... Um, yeah, I lost my thread a bit then. <laughs> so, yeah, Nat Phillips. Um, we touched on it the other day. And me and my brother were talking about Nat Phillips, how he wins most headers in the defensive area, but very rarely seems to win a header when he's got up for corners. And the, the Allison goal, actually, as Dave touched on just now, was a very good example of that, where he just dived and, and didn't quite get to the ball. So today, it was so nice to see Nat get a goal and it was also a headed goal I think no matter what you think about him it's not his fault he's been picked for the side so I don't see any reason to get on his back for not being good enough in certain areas the guy has worked his ass off he's given his heart and soul to this club recently and he's kept us in there just by doing enough so I think it was really deserved for him today to finally get a goal for us um, he's he's been a great stopgap for us over this period. You know, don't get me wrong. I'd be very disappointed if he's part of the squad next season. I think we really need to strengthen that area if we're we're serious about contending for major honours next season. But he has been incredible at what he can do well, which is you know winning the ball in the air and the no nonsense defending. So. Really happy for the guy today. The joy on his face was great to see. And just, you know, excellent work from Mane again. I just want to give him that credit. It was a really good bit of play by Mane. He's created that out of absolutely nothing. And it was it was just put on a plate for Phillips. And fair play to him. 
he did what was asked for him, asked of him, which is hit it at the bloody goal. And this keeper, with his prong cracker wrists, should we call them? Um, <laughs> it was it was always Papa Dom's. I don't know. Pick pick your brittle item of your choice, uh, and it's in the back of the net. So delighted for the guy. Absolutely. And Sam, I'm going to I'm going to stick with you. I will stick with you. Um, Oxley Chamberlain comes on and uh, scores an absolute beauty, actually. It kind of reminded me of that little, uh, you know, bit of a season last season, actually, where we had where Oxford's where all the midfielders were scoring. So um, uh, talk to me about that one, because I thought he took his really well. Brilliant. Um, very, very good finish from Ox. I didn't think he had that in his locker anymore. Um he was becoming a very important part of our squad before he had that horrific knee injury. Um, he was so dynamic uh, whenever he got the ball in midfield. One thing about our midfield at that time was it was very one-paced, I felt. And he was someone that was always willing to carry the ball past players. And it really does kind of break up opposition defences when you've got a guy that can do that. And he's also someone that's always chipped in with goals. You know, whenever he's had a run of games, he does tend to score the occasional goal here and there. And you know, as we know, our midfield has contributed hardly anything at all when it comes to goals this season. So he is someone that that has got all of the qualities that we need to be a really good player under Jurgen Klopp. It's just that injury has really, really hampered him. So I was absolutely delighted for him to score that goal when he came off the bench today. He's had a torrid, torrid time with injuries. Um, fantastic finish again. Low and hard on his wrong foot. Brilliant stuff. So, yeah, he, I think he scored a goal quite similar to that against us in the 4-3 game when Mane had his debut and he um, and, and he actually scored a worldie. I think Ox scored a similar kind of goal to that against us back then. So, yeah, really nice to see him score for us today. Absolutely. And Dave, um, you know, Sam just kind of spoke about, you know, he looked like he was going to have a huge, huge future. Um, you know, I thought, you know, if I just look back to some of the things last season, I thought he was great against Atletico Madrid. It's been very, very stop-start for him. He was great. It was so sad to see him go off injured against Roma. You know, all these things, you know, it looked like he was going to be a vital part. He's got some important goals last season as well. Talk to me about the goal, um, showing peaks of what he's all about and also like the potential future of him. Because I think, you know, this season, it looks like Jurgen Klopp might be cleaning house. And he's kind of alluded to it as well in a few press conferences. Yeah, I think this is this is almost his most important summer, isn't it? Because, mm. you know, the ones that have come previous, you know, the the like Van Dyke signing, the Allison signing, those were almost like unexpected, you know, those two players could have gone anywhere and they chose to come to us. So it was more of a surprise. It was a nice surprise when they came. Now, since we've hit the heights, we need and we've dropped away a bit. We, we need to try and get back to those heights again. So that that's why I think it's the most important summer. And I don't know where the ox falls in that because, I mean, before he he got that nasty knee knee injury, I honestly thought he, he looked amazing. But he doesn't seem to have a six or seven out of ten in him. 
it, it always seems to be below or above that. <laughs> he's either, you know, really off the pace or he's really on it. And I, I must admit, this is the first time when I thought, right, he, he looks, maybe there is something there again. And so I, I think the goal was great. I thought, you know, quick feet to just move, uh, get the ball onto his left foot, work the angle, and then rocket shot down to the near post. Again, got to question the keeper a little bit, but I, I think even a top keeper wouldn't necessarily save it because uh, it, it did seem to like almost tickle the, the inside of the post there. So, yeah, brilliant, brilliant shot. Was delighted for him because, you know, he hasn't had it good. Again, he's been brought on for a few minutes here, a few minutes there. You know, runs up blind alleys. He is something different. Um, but I, I, I want to believe that that player that, you know, when, when he scores that goal against Man City, you know, breaking from mid, breaking through the midfield and then rocket shot right into the far corner. That's the player that I hope is still there. I really, really hope he is. Um, but I, I just don't know. I mean, Klopp's ultimately, and, and the whole backroom staff have got to decide, you know, is he going to be able to achieve those heights again? Or, you know, was the have the injuries just taken their toll a bit? And I don't know. I'd, on the strength of not just tonight, but also I've, I've seen a few little things from him uh, with the little cameos that he's had. I think some of the other changes I think he is going to make, I'd almost be tempted to say, right, well, he, he'll probably keep Ox around for a little bit longer, give him a chance, give him next year, and, and see if he can recapture that form that we you know we saw and loved before. Lovely stuff, yeah. Um, I I think that's a I think that's a sound point. Considering every time we've seen Ox come on, it's been it's been like the last five minutes, and you don't really get to capture the full player or what he's all about. I still think he's in rehab and kind of recovery, and uh, you know it'll mm-hmm. be very interesting to see what happens with him. And uh, you know, naturally, we I, I want him to be you know if you know I want him to make the full recovery because like you both have touched on there he was quite important you know he was a good he was a good option off the bench and you know even to kind of change up the tactics and the formation so yeah it was great to see Ox get a goal though because I just think he's a lovely guy you know seems like a really really nice positive energy in that dressing room they all do to be fair guys we have come to the end of the pod any final thoughts from this game Sam I'll come to you yeah can I just say how nice it is to have fans back at football I'm just so happy to see people. We don't have to deal with the fake crowd noise where a guy is just pressing a button when people have a shot and he hopes he gets the right reaction noise that he's choosing. Um, <laughs> you know, even though it was, you know, shit here in the Burnley fans booing Mane when he got fouled and was being called a diver and things like that. You know, that's something you expect when you play away from home. It was just lovely. To, football has not been the same without supporters. You know, we we won the league behind closed doors, in effect. You know, it was horrendous. Um, I feel like we were robbed there. Uh, it's something that it's it's something to really look forward to now on Sunday for Anfield to have what is it, ten thousand fans are going to be yeah. back at the ground. Um, one of my cousins actually got a ticket, so I'm very, very jealous of him getting to go to that game. I'm just really hoping now that the the fans really do roar 
the, the players on because you know the job's not done today. It's easy enough now after the run we've been on, after our longest run of consecutive wins this season was three. Um, we've ended up finishing the season with with four consecutive wins now at the perfect time, and you know we need to make it five now just to get over the line. So the timing is perfect for a home game for us to actually have some supporters back. It's it's just really really nice. Even though it wasn't Liverpool fans today, uh, just loved seeing fans back in the ground. Give it, even if it's giving our players shit. I think it's this Liverpool side is energised by the big occasion. I really do think that. And there are no big occasions without the fans. So with that being back now, fingers crossed next season, we can start to have some large crowds back, maybe full houses. And I really think that's going to be a massive, massive catalyst for the Reds to be back and firing next season. Absolutely. And certain players of ours um, uh, really, really thrive on that as well. You know, the likes of Bobby Firmino, who is just such a... A crowd pleaser, you know. So it is, you know, that's what we're looking for. And I, I, I agree with you. I don't like hearing the Burnley fans, but they're on top of our players. And in the first half, they were kind of like, I don't know, they, you know, we were making some stupid decisions and individual errors. And maybe the first time in, in a very, very long time, hearing an actual live crowd kind of unsettled us a bit, which is good because you want that in a football match. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad that the last home game is at Anfield and it'll be our fans. And um, I'm looking forward to that. Dave, what about you? Any final thoughts from the game or just in general, um, your thoughts? Yeah, also happy to see the fans back, uh, but not Burnley fans. Fuck those guys. Glad you're going <laughs> down. Hope to not see you for a, a long time. So, <laughs> no, it's it's just been weird, hasn't it? You know, the whole season, this weird, sterile kind of... Burnley artificial... aren't going down, are they? They're not going down. Oh, are they not? Oh. No, it's no. Fulham. It's Fulham, West Fat Brom. Sand. Yeah, West Brom and Sheffield. Maybe next yeah. season. Maybe you're predicting Fat, things. Fat Sam's down, leaving. Fat Sam's leaving West Brom. By the way, I believe he's, so. He, he's a shit house, isn't he? He's, he's had oh, his relegation yeah. on his CV now, and he's thrown his toys at the pram. Apparently, <laughs> I think Allison's going broke him. <laughs> he's going to be unemployed until next Christmas, when the next team thinks, ah, oh, I know, we're, we're in danger of going down. We'll get Sam Allardyce in. It, it, he's not just... thick, is he? He's not thick, yeah. though. He's, he can do six months' work and get paid millions. He, he's in... He's used his head there, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, still a twat. Uh... <laughs> oh, I don't know why I got that in my head that Burnley were going down. Um, yeah, so, yeah, we'll still fuck Burnley fans. I can't wait till next Sunday. You know, I just hope that, well, I don't hope. I know that those fans are going to sing their hearts out it, it, and generate an atmosphere and it will be absolutely brilliant. And I just hope we can up that attendance and get football back to feeling like football just after it's been this, this whole weird time. And But with that, I, I will say we probably haven't given the boys enough credit tonight that, you know, there was a bit of pressure. I don't know, you know, what it would have sounded like in the ground, but for a small number of fans, they made a bloody lot of noise tonight. And, you know, it it, it would have been that added pressure. And I think it did show in the first half, but they did a, a bloody brilliant job. 
considering the pressure they were under, not only from within the ground, but knowing what another win or, or lack of win would mean. They knew they had to win tonight, and they did it. And so, uh, yeah, just absolutely brilliant. And just, again, I, I hope we can clinch this top four position and then take that break, and then we'll be challenging again next year. Absolutely, here, here. Right, guys, man of the match, man of the match. And Sam, I'll, um, I'll come to you first. Who's your man of the match and why? Right. The, the most important player of the match, in a way, because football's always down to key moments. And to be fair to Nat Phillips, the two key moments today, in my opinion, were Liverpool getting the second goal. Um, which which was vital, you know, with just the one goal lead, with our centre backs, you know, struggling at times and and quite vulnerable. Getting the second goal was absolutely huge today, and that's what Nat Phillips did. And also, I think it was two 0 at the time, was it when he cleared the ball off the line? Yeah, I'm pretty yes. sure it was. Yes, it was. When, it was. I think it was Ben Mee's head, um, and it was on the line, and Nat Phillips cleared it off the line. You know, I. I'd like to give him man of the match for that because those were two very big contributions today. But I just can't do it when someone like Thiago is putting on a show again like he did today. I just think Thiago stood out an absolute mile today again. Um, When other players seem to be tiring and showing mental and physical fatigue, Thiago is now starting to really come into his own. I, I don't know whether it's because he's had like basically a three-month break in the middle of the season because of his terrible knee injury, but he's looking for someone pushing 30 or who might be 30 by now, um, is looking fresh as a daisy and is the sharpest man on the pitch every single time the rest get on the pitch at the moment. So for me... I, I've got to pick Thiago, even though I'm really happy for Phillips' big contributions today. And really, really can't, you know, can't wait to see Thiago in this Liverpool side next season. I think that's fair. And what about yourself, um, Dave? I think I'm going to almost go the opposite direction there. But I will give an honorary mention to uh, Trent. I, I thought, again, he, he was... He didn't have, you know, the assists and, and the great moments tonight, but I thought he had a good, solid game. He seemed to be getting more involved, a little bit more into midfield. He seemed to be drifting in a little bit more. He kept showing up on the left. He seemed to want to get involved in those creative moments uh, further up the pitch. So I thought Trent had a really good game. Um, Thiago, at the minute, he's just he's just the metronome for us. Okay, we were... Pretty poor in the first 20 minutes and and everyone was struggling really. But, you know, everything good that we did going forward seemed to go through him. And he seems to be that that composer, you know, composing the whole orchestra. It just, when it comes, he sort of, he does remind me, I've heard the comparison before, but he is basically a more mobile Xabi Alonso. You know, he's just, he makes everything happen for us. But I'm going to go the other way because I think those moments were so important. In the first half when Nat Phillips hit that ball and it nearly went straight to the Burnley striker too, and it only would have just 
scored, no doubt. Um, I, I thought he was having an awful game. But, you know, he, he grew into the game from that. And then those two really important moments, the, the goal, the clearance off the line, but also he's he was very solid as well, getting things away, not just with his head, which he's renowned for, but making clearances, making challenges, making it difficult, just being that physical presence at the back. I, I just think that dominance um, just, it didn't give Burnley any signs of hope that they were going to break through. And so, yeah, it's Nat Phillips for me. I love it. One vote each, uh, Thiago and uh, Nat Phillips. Guys, who's your man of the match? Let us know. Um, do I have the deciding vote here? I think I... so. You've got to get off the fence now. Oh, God. Three people. Oh, God. <laughs> I was just like mediating between you. Okay, I them two are the shouts, to be fair, if I'm absolutely honest. Do you go with the world-class player who has just shown the world that he's world-class, or do you go with... The guy who has no real business being a Liverpool defender, let's be honest, you know, seventh choice and he's stepped up and, you know, it's not been great for, you know, we, we know he doesn't fit the bill, but produced two, two huge things. And I think, you know, if I balance things out, Thiago will always get man of the match week in, week out. Does that make sense? But as for Nat Phillips, he's not going to have the moments. So I'm going to have to give it to Nat Phillips based on the fact that it doesn't happen often for him or it won't happen often for him. And that, Thiago, and Thiago's performance tonight is his bread and butter. Like, he's probably just shrugged his shoulders and thought, that's standard for me. As for Nat Phillips, is probably buzzing right now. So I have to give it to Nat Phillips based on those things. Can't, can't argue with that. I'm just you know, really happy for, for Nat. He's... He's dug in yeah. really hard recently, and I think he's got his just rewards today. So um, I think everywhere seems to have given him man of the match today. So um, yeah, delighted for him. Yeah, that's all. I mean, they're both excellent shouts, and I think Thiago's going to get it like week in, week out next season for me. I'm not even going to lie. So yeah, so guys, that is the end of this podcast. A massive thank you to all of you that joined us live. We really, really appreciate it. One more to go, and then I can rest. Before I go, um, I have to say a massive thank you to my panel. But before I let them go, they're going to tell me where you can find them on social media. Dave, I will come to you. Where can people find you on social media and where can people find more of your work? So on Twitter, you can get me at Seattle Dojos. Um, I recently changed that. It was previously Rage Base. threw me off that, by the way. threw me off. I, <laughs> I thought so. I was, I was surprised people uh, found it previously. Um in terms of podcasts, you can get me on the VHS Strikes Back. So we've done, uh, we've released today uh, Point Break from 91. Brilliant, brilliant sh- uh, movie to go back to. Yep. Next week, we're going to go to uh, back a bit further to 1984. We're going to go to Police Academy, uh, oh. which is uh, is fairly iconic as well. So, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun, that one. And, of course, you can get me on Comics in Motion as well. So... Uh, this Friday, we're going to be releasing X-Men First Class and then uh, retro review back to uh, Spider-Man 2 as well. A Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, that is. Ah, uh, excellent. And I'm just going to put it out there. If uh, Sam Evans is any character from Police Academy, he's said. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> it's a compliment. Zed's a, uh, he's I, a legend. I'm not. Is that the guy with the... Like, 
Yeah. That, that one, yeah. <laughs> he's he's from the uh, second one, isn't he? Oh, uh, he's, he's he's in a few. Isn't he in all of them? I thought he was. Uh, no, he's not. He's not in the first one. Ah, right. Um, I like the. I mate. I can't remember any of the names apart from Mahoney. Um, the the guy who does the voices, the um. The oh and stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah! The beatbox guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, yeah. Actually, he's actually in all seven of them. Uh, he's, he's class. Guy's name. He's, he's he, there's a clip of him doing the rounds. Uh, it's it's quite old now, I think, where he's doing the whole song. Uh, I can't remember which song it is. He's doing the guitar and everything on the mic as well as the vocals. He's incredible. But anyway. Um, I'll, I'll definitely give that a listen, mate, because that's one of my uh, childhood think, films, even though I, I can't probably, even remember uh, anyone's name. I'm a statesman, so I'm probably Lassard. <laughs> Lassard. <laughs> Lassard is a legend. Yeah. Um, well, go on. By, by the way, Dave, I was insulted that you think that none of us would know where Rick Meyer is, as if, like, you're the only guy who's uh, heard well, of where Eric Meyer earlier. Throw out these names and I think, I'm 37, oh, mate. I know Eric <laughs> Meyer very well. He's, he's, a, he's still a red as well. He, he, I've seen things about him on social media, and he's still a big Liverpool supporter. So oh, I think he's, he, he's got a... Ma- He's got a massive uh, Liverpool have got a massive place in his heart, I believe. Uh, so yeah, he he was a bit of a bit of a cult hero, definitely, and I remember him very very well. But um, yeah, Twitter handle if uh, if you want to have a chat on Twitter, my Twitter handle is at Sambo Evans. Uh, just praying now the Reds can get this one over the line next week. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, thank you to you guys. You've been excellent. I love you guys. Thank you. I mean, I don't know who's going to be on the next podcast. It's like Russian roulette, but these two guys have been absolutely legendary for me. So I can't thank them enough. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, One more to go. Take care. Till next time. Up the Reds. Podcast Network.